0: There's currently a shortage of high quality research tailored to channel focused business strategies. That's why we've initiated our study to help fill this void as the leading global technology solutions brokerage, focusing on accelerating technology advisor success to help you. Through some engaging content, graphics, and videos, technology advisors will learn the following in an ebook style report. One, explore the factors influencing the IT purchasing decisions that top CXOs will be faced with over the next five years. Two, gain valuable insights into some buying behaviors and trends from high growth Tolaris technology advisors. Three, Discover opportunities and suggested action items to enhance customers' capabilities with some cutting-edge solutions. And lastly, leverage some timely content to distribute to customers as sales activities arise. The Tolaris Tech Trends Report is a valuable resource for aiding technology advisors in the sales conversations in the year ahead. Welcome to the podcast that's designed to fuel your success in selling technology solutions. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto. SVP of sales engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level BizTech. Everybody, welcome back. Today, we are talking about CX. We've got hospitality, safety, and more. More importantly, though, we're talking about how to revolutionize communications through integrations. Today on with us, we have got Chris Berge, VP of Corporate Development from UMA. Chris, welcome on, my man.
1: Josh, thanks for having me.
0: Chris, uh, I love to hear, uh, we were just joking about good windy paths into how you got to where you're at. So not Uma yet. I want to hear about your <laughs> path. My next question is going to be about Uma, but just tell us about your path, man. I mean, wh- where did you start? How did you get here?
1: Yeah, so I'm a bit of an odd uh, odd journey and story. So I originally came out of corporate IT, funny enough, uh, and wound up working for a uh, what we would now term a SaaS company, but an ASP company doing sales for a little bit. And then uh, wound up co-owning a VAR MSP with a partner. That's where I first got exposed to UC uh, back in 2005. Uh, old school network server engineer, had a bunch of Juniper certifications, Cisco certifications, and then wound up going to work for Shortel and completely different change of path for me. I, I went down the corporate development path, which is strategy MA. Uh, And so that ultimately led me to to UMO.
0: Love it. Um, I love the background, too. I think it's good foundationally, right? You know how the bits and bytes work, work, so you have such a different maybe purview into this that that I think others don't see that might step into that role.
1: Really helpful. I mean, I've done personal installations of what's so funny. um, There's a major game company, and I designed the data center for them in uh, Los Angeles, implemented all that on Juniper equipment. So yeah, totally hands-on in the VAR days, did a bunch of UC deployments with Shortel, and... You never forget that. I still tinker around with stuff. On the oh, yeah, yeah.
0: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't. We, we got to know how it works. We got to take it apart. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so so if I think back, uh, my first iterations of UMA and, and, and what I think the general public might have known as UMA is it started out as a residential VoIP product. So m- there might be some of our partners who still don't know how big and how commercialized UMA is and, and, and the business offering. So So help us understand UMA of five to ten years ago versus UMA now.
1: Yeah. And it's, uh, and you're kind of spot on there. Most folks who recognize the brand still know us from the residential days and believe it or not, that's still a growing business for us. Uh, and frequently we run into folks that, Oh, I have a new Metello in my house or my parents have a new Metello, or my aunt or aunt or uncle, uh, But we recognized that there eventually would be a long-tail decline obviously in home phone service and we had folks that were taking that little Telo product into the micro smb segment so think of a floor shop auto body shop and it was a bit of an aha moment for the company about 11 years ago so we wound up building a ucas platform focused on smb and about five years ago the focus shifted to the business portfolio predominantly and that's now the majority of our our revenue uh, believe it or not so a bit of a fascinating transition uh, but unique, too, because we built hardware, which is really unusual for a SaaS company. Mm-hmm. And also coming from the consumer side, there's a lot of ethos for us around simplicity and deployment, simplicity and management that's necessary in the consumer market, but translates well, obviously, to the business space.
0: Well, I think you learn a lot, too. And that and that actually was my first Fourier years and years ago with Uma. I had a friend that called me. You know how you, when you're in tech, people are like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you for everything. It's like that guy that has a truck. <laughs> yep. like you, you, all of a sudden, all your friends are always moving. Uh buddy called me and said, hey, I, I got this thing from Costco. Uh, can you help me set it up? And I'm like, this is cool. What, what is this? I, I didn't know these were out yet, you know, kind of thing. So I love that. If you can take what you learn from residential and figure that out to make uh, the individual consumer happy, I, I think that just makes it so much easier uh, to figure out the business side of lessons it, learned. It certainly does. Certainly does. So so let's talk about, um, you know, th- this is about, I think you guys have some very interesting verticals, niches. So I want to get into that a little bit. So 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 talk to me about industries, verticals that that Uma is mostly working with and, and what are some of the challenges that you guys are solving over there.
1: Yeah, and we're we're horizontal, of course. Like everybody is in the space, but what we've come to realize is there was some gravitation that occurred initially with the platforms and the certain verticals. And it was a bit of a an aha moment for us to go build deeper in that. So we found a lot of success in the retail vertical. Uh, insurance agents, believe it or not, healthcare, where we've built integrations like in the next health, which is focused on dentists, uh, and really a- automating a lot of the workflows for them and ScreenPop becomes really interesting to hospitality, which is a really fascinating space, because they're so far behind on the conversion over to cloud, and it just didn't make sense for years and years for them. Uh, So that's a burgeoning market, even though we consider UCAS more generally fairly mature at at this point. Uh, And we have our eyes set on some other spaces. Uh, There'll be another integration coming out later this fall. So really strengthening that story. So it's more than just, hey, here's a phone system to these customers. But here's how it really helps with business process flow. Customer experience is big. So you think of the case of the dentist pop-up visits and balance due and all that. So there's a, a lot of fascinating opportunity here. Around integrations that really add value, frankly, into customers.
0: Yeah, you know, I think that's a, that hits home for a lot of our partners. Of that, that we see a lot of people, provider side, struggle with hospitality. And so, you guys, it's awesome to see you guys doubling down on that. Can we unpack that for just a second? When it comes to hospitality. Sure. And, 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 you know, the title of this has integrations in it. So I, I, I got to go into the integrations a little bit. What are <laughs> of course. what are some of those integrations that, that, you know, if partners hear this, we do this really well. Help us unpack that.
1: Yeah. And so you look at hospitality in, in particular and bear in mind for this space, a lot of them are majority of them are still on on on-prem PBXs, Mitel systems from years ago, NAC, some Avaya, and it didn't make financial sense. It's a bit of an odd case because they may be a lot of seats, but most of those are rooms and nobody really uses the phone in the rooms, but legally they're required to have phones in there for emergency purposes. And so the, you know, the first bit was a financial model that recognizes that situation for them, front office, back office, reception, that's all normal guys stuff, but you have to deal with the rooms in a really cost-effective way, often with lots of analog, for instance. And then the second thing is all of these on-prem systems were integrated into property, property management systems. So check in, uh, and you want to be able to reset voicemail, change caller ID on it, the Cleaning staff will actually go up to the phones and hit codes to indicate room clean. So there's a bunch of specific workflow uh, around this segment that is really critical and they expect. And so for us, we actually uh, built an integration into Jazzware, which is a middleware provider that integrates into practically every property management system out there. And so it makes this transition really, really easy for property owners in the hospitality space uh, to migrate. And they want to move, right? They, they recognize we're really behind the times and it's expensive now to have to call somebody out to do moves, ads, and changes on my on-prem PBX and mm-hmm. turnover is high so you're constantly retraining people. So there's a lot of benefit to a cloud consumption model for
0: someone like that. Yeah. Is, it, it, do you find that Jazzware solves most of the PMS integration needs that you, that you have or are there any other integrations mm-hmm. that you go, ah, we got we to do this one here, this one here, this one here or, or is that the one should we just focus on? If Jazzware integrates into it, problem can be solved
1: that that's the one and it's it's frankly why we elected to have the partnership with jazzware because they've done this for years with all the pms vendors and so it just made it easy instead of having to integrate into 25 different yeah. pms solutions yeah. you just do it through jazzware and you know the use case on our side uh, is relatively straightforward right you want all the call detail records to flow up so you can build for long distance if they choose to do that reset caller id voicemail wake up calls cleaning staff codes, et cetera. So it's uh, it's great.
0: Good. Um, Let's talk about the evolution of the telco side of the world. Um, You know, we we, POTS lines are still around. They are still cranking. And and, and look at just honestly, I mean, we see what we want to happen in this space and the time we wish it would happen in and modernization and, and, and we realize it just takes a lot longer than we're expecting things are going to take so this has created this huge drive for pots replacement right which you guys have a great offering at so um, talk to me about what are you seeing in the market uh, because you know obviously just generally but then when you're niche in hospitality you see a lot and how do you guys help with that what's, what's the product what's the strategy
1: yeah it's it's a fascinating space and we first became aware of it uh, three and a half years ago uh, and it was in just De- discussions with some retailers in the Northeast, and Verizon was going through deprecation of copper uh, at that time, converting over to fiber. Folks were paying 40 to $60 a month for a copper line. They started to run into issues with certain specialty devices and prices were starting to inch up. So it was a bit of an aha moment for us because we have all the pieces in the portfolio. We've been doing cellular connectivity as well. So we cobbled all that together into a unified solution called Airdial. And you fast forward and some interesting things have happened since then. Uh, Most importantly, two things in 2019. The first is the FCC allowed the incumbent carriers to deprecate the old copper network at their base. There's no mandate on timeframe. So it's totally up to what they wanna do. More importantly, they gave them what's called forbearance. So previously the lines were regulated into the CELAC competitive local exchange market. All that went away. And so now the incumbent legs are going pretty crazy on price increases and they're doing it for two reasons. One, to get revenue back from churn, frankly, and two is a forcing function for customers. So it's not uncommon for us to run into customer accounts that are paying 400 to $600 a month for a POTS line. And it's just going to continue to go up. It's really crazy. And we have some extreme examples that are over a thousand dollars. And so the problem here is a lot of the easy situations to migrate have moved over to VoIP. I mean, they have been doing that for years. And so you're left with millions of lines and businesses uh, that are a lot of specialty devices out there. Things that our space historically said, we'll just go put those on a pot slide. We don't want mm-hmm. have anything to do with it. And so it's things like commercial burglar, fire panels, elevators, um, blue light safety phones. There's a whole bunch of gate entry, building entry systems, SCADA systems. We see sensors, CO2 sensors. So it's it's pretty wild. And the issue now is there's a risk factor for a lot of organizations. Uh, you know, if you your POTS line stops working, for instance, fire inspector comes in and it's your fire panel or elevator, you can have your certificate of occupancy revoked on that building. Uh, And then secondly, there's a a really compelling ROI story now. It's a bit of a slam dunk if they're paying that much for their lines, and they know that it's only going to continue to increase. So in the last six months, we've seen a real shift in awakening, frankly, in the market, in particular with much larger organizations. So you get into companies that have thousands of lines. Uh, They recognize, we don't want to be the last one standing here trying to solve for this. The risk is unacceptable. Uh, so we need to get ahead of this and plan that migration for all of these devices. Uh, so it's a really great time to jump in the space. And frankly, you can look like a hero because <laughs> you're saving them so much uh, with a solution. So it's uh, it's it's really fascinating. And there's a lot of great value. So all our solutions fully cloud managed. There's an SD WAN technology that's coming in shortly, cellular and wireline connectivity. You can get notifications via SMS and uh, email, which you couldn't get on POTS lines. So there's a whole bunch of really neat additions for folks as they make this migration. And it's different than, than UCAS too, right? This is a set it and forget it situation. You're not going and mucking with settings after you're in. It's a device that needs a POTS line and that's it. So you get the project in, they're going to keep it for a really long time because they don't want to touch these devices. It doesn't. It well, doesn't make yeah, sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I hope what everybody's seeing out of this and hearing out of this is that you guys really do have a well-rounded product suite and you're continuing to to expand it. I mean, yes, it's it is it is not just Ucas. Um, There's a lot more here to unpack than that. I mean, it's 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 funny the things that you mentioned that this solves for. You know, when you talk about blue light phones, you talk about just analog lines, you talk about elevators, you talk about alarms, all these things, um, and lack of notification we get requests for these things very a la carte and very random so it's it's awesome to see all of these things kind of come together and then oh by the way we have killer hospitality integrations and financial modelings. So, oh by the way yes we do the UK all of the traditional UK things that you would expect as well so really well uh, I think really well rounded out portfolio so good stuff there
1: yeah and and, and really media opportunity and, and here's kind of a good example uh, Folks, companies are looking at the standalone, of course, but as they're going through migrations, it's been curious for us. We have a Fortune 100 company uh, brought in through one of our partners and they're going through a conversion from Avaya to Teams. Mm-hmm. And through that project, they suddenly realized, we have about 10,000 pots lines across all of our facilities. Teams isn't gonna solve for that. We have to do something at the same time to fully shut down everything else. So it's a great attachment when you're going in and talking about UCAS. To have the same conversation around, well, what are you going to do <laughs> with all these pots lines? Some may be running through your on-prem PBX. or still have one.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, is there anything I do want to go into to kind of the meat of a deal or an opportunity? Is there anything that uh, you you see or kind of you've uncovered as you go into one of these? Let's let's maybe talk a little bit about a typical deal um, that that you help with. What what I like to hear here in this part is things don't always end the way they start. And it might be, yep. hey Chris, I've got this one thing, and then you get into it, and you go, oh my gosh, so you got twenty-five problems that we probably could help you solve. And so the the hard part becomes, oh my gosh, how do we deal with that? How do we how do we phase in the implementation of this? So maybe just walk us through a deal that you you got brought into. What was the problem, and then kind of how did how did that come to fruition on the outcome?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So here's a good uh, good one that's in the retail space on pots, and we should talk about hospitality too because that's obviously different. Uh, but company. Has fire, commercial burglar, and then either elevator or fax, believe it or not, is still a big use case here too. Um, and prices were going up. They had some locations where the lines were being decommissioned mm-hmm. out there. So it's a competitive local exchange carrier that's just shutting it off. Uh, and they just couldn't run the risk. And you know they're paying, paying a, a fair amount for the lines in that particular case. And what's interesting is um, one, A lot of folks don't recognize the compliance requirements around life safety systems like fire. There are very specific rules around fire panels and how those can operate over devices like ours. And 70% of the panels are, what I'd like to say, more modern. They can use a standard called Contact ID. But inevitably, in every environment, they have old panels that operate like Mm -hmm. modems, And that's particularly challenging that a lot of customers don't don't recognize. The other piece is inventory. So oftentimes they haven't looked at this stuff in years and years or the person who handled it retired and they just kept paying the bills. So getting your arms around a full inventory, including lines that aren't in use. And we run into that often too. And this is a great opportunity for the channel to come in and and do some coaching kind of Tim on the whole thing. Uh, But, you know, save them money on lines that they're not paying for. And then the last is uh, there's a bit of fear around it because, You've wound up with IT kind of owning these types of systems where it typically was telephony, voice team, or facilities even. So, you know, they think that it's more complicated and complex than it is. And again, it's not like a UCAS deployment where you're doing all these call routing rules, handling contact center, for instance. It's just physical wiring. Uh, You know, you're having to touch 66 blocks or 110 blocks, for instance but it's all very pragmatic and easy to, to plan out. Um, and when you're touching thousands of locations, it does take time. It's the other thing that folks don't realize. You're not gonna do this in two months. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, once it's all said and done, then they can just move on to the next next project. Um, on the hospitality side, it's interesting for them. Often we come in because they're concerned about the cost of that on-prem PBX, their PRIs, believe it or not, yes. on a PRIs are going up. And they just don't want to band aid a PBX anymore with SIP if supports SIP. Uh, and again, the cost structure was important for the room. So, having a really attractive model for handling the rooms is critical. Uh, and then, again, maintaining that property management system integration uh, and making it turnkey and, and easy. So, you know, high density analog gateways, which we do are really important in that sort of setting. Uh, and, uh, the, the, you know, they want to be more modern and it's easier with smaller properties too. You get into big corporate owned chains, uh, longer decision-making cycle oh, yeah. there, of course, uh, but you've got a smaller group that owns 50 hotels, hundred hotels. They can move much more rapidly, but great, great story for them.
0: Yeah. Are you uh, are, are, just curious, are you finding out with some of those high density, um, you know, a- analog situations, are you finding out that you can still just leverage the inside wiring and tie it into to your platform and all as well?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And in and many cases,
0: and, and, uh,
1: and also funny thing. So years ago, I remember these guys from Shortel, this company called Fibridge that uh, would allow you to leverage existing copper wiring, Cat3 wiring mm. and run IP phones over. We run into that too, where they just, they don't have Cat5 or Cat6 into some areas and they want to put an IP phone in. So it's, they're just fascinating environments. It's like looking back in time 20 to 30 years ago and nothing's really changed. It is.
0: Yes. Good stuff. All right. Um, final couple thoughts here. So so again, the, the audience or out of our partners here. Maybe it's partners that haven't tackled this segment or aren't tackling UCAS at all and, and, and maybe are in something adjacent. So I love my favorite advice to give is here are the questions to ask. I know they're not the end all be all, but it is a little bit of a how do I step in to just uncover if there's opportunities? And when I get interested information or interested parties, I can say, Oh yeah, great. I've got, I've got people, right? I've got engineers. at hilarious. I've got resources on the UMA team. I can bring some folks back in to help. So help us out with the front end of that. What are some of the top best three, four questions you can give partners about how to have this conversation and uncover?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Again, depends on the solution. So on the air dial front, uh, great first question is what are you doing? Are you aware of what's happening with copper lines? And, can I get a copy of your bill to look at because they're going away and you have a real risk factor here and i'd like to help you through the journey of a great roi on this investment um, and, and then the second is um, understanding the risk profile for life safety systems as well you know do you have elevators in your environment Do you have fire panels uh, and making sure that you're not going to get in trouble with a fire inspector and it's it's a pretty easy conversation when you start that way and you know that you're going to wind up saving them money and keep them in compliance on the hospitality front. uh, You know, similarly, you can go into the hotel and see, but you know, what are you doing with your old PBX? How much are your bills going up for PRIs? What's it like with turnover in your environment and how do you make changes uh, in in that environment to the system, given that turnover? Um, And wouldn't you like to be on a more modern cloud solution that keeps this all really simple for you? Uh, and so those are all good initial starting points on conversation. And of course you can reach out to, you know, channel support at NUMA.com or our channel chief, Kathy Mazza. Obviously you guys, we're all here to help people through that journey and make sure you're asking the right questions and backstop you in it. But uh, again, great opportunity in both of these segments because they're early days of the conversion cycle. Uh,
0: final question then uh, let's, let's look out here. Uh, let's think about, the future and kind of what the opportunity is out there. Um, help help me understand from your perspective. Um, I, I think you've helped us uncover now, right? If I go take your advice and am I running with that for the next 12 months? Do you see any kind of different evolutions coming in that you want partners to consider? Is it just, no, double down on what I gave you and do that for the next 12 months or you know any other innovations that you kind of want to allude to?
1: Yeah, uh, obviously for these two segments, there's going to be a long tail conversion cycle on them. So they're both great to go after. You set those aside and look at our space more broadly. AI obviously is coming into play and there are use cases that will be interesting. Um, in particular, we've got a company that's building with us on our platform in the retail space. Uh, it's called deflection to remove the cost of front of front of house staffing, basically, if you think of restaurants, so they're not answering basic questions on orders, et cetera. So that's a great use case for general entities outside of the contact center. And then the other thing I'd leave you with is Microsoft is obviously on everybody's mind in the space and Teams is a fantastic solution for a knowledge worker environment. They're doing great in the enterprise. But the reality is for the the likes of Teams, uh, it's just not palatable for smaller organizations. They're not gonna pay a Microsoft partner to come in and do a complex installation. Again, being an old server network guy, I have an Office 365 account. If you go in and attempt to configure voice in Teams, like your head will explode the Mm -hmm. way that they've done it. And so it it really leaves this nice white space, frankly, down market in the SMB segment, go get it. Because they want something turnkey, simple, very easy. That's all they care about. Uh, And and that's not going to change for the foreseeable future. I just don't see Microsoft simplifying this
0: enough anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Your head will explode if you do try to go configure it. It, it, <laughs> it, 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 it It's it's possible. We think people have done it on their own. Um, we don't know where they are yet, and we haven't put them into captivity to study them. But uh, yeah, it's definitely a little more complex in the admin interface than I expected it to be right out of the gate, for sure. Yes, it is. Awesome stuff. All right, Chris, my man, that wraps us up for today. I really appreciate you coming on, dude. Perfect. Thanks for having me, Josh. All right, everybody, that wraps us up today. Chris Berge, VP of Corporate Development at UMA. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level Biztech.
1: Next Level BizTech has been a production of Tolaris Studio 19. Please visit Tolaris.com for more information.